So, this is a major factor. At ito po, ang hatid nito. Siyempre, higher officially start our market outlook, we have our special guest. He is the chairman of Rampur Financials, the biggest distributor of mutual funds in the Philippines and a niche player in financial services specializing in investments. We have Mr. Rex Mendoza. Hi, Gail. Hi, Candice. Good afternoon. Hi, Sir Rex. Good, Good afternoon, afternoon, Sir Rex. Good afternoon. It's nice to have you back. And thank you, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be part of uh, Abacus and my trade events. Yes, sir. So we'll give you the floor, and we're excited for the insights that you'll be sharing with us today. Yeah, thanks, Cadiz. Thanks, Gail. So uh, let me let me first uh, make sure that you know I, I put things in perspective. No, I wouldn't really want to double into a real projection for the market this year. I think. Nikki and Lawrence will be in a better position to do that. So basically, I'm going to be having a more general view, but I guess the more important part for me is the behavioral implications of it. You know how we deal with you know, relationship management, how we deal with financial services distribution. So our real concept, our real focus would be the clients that we have, the behavior that we that that we get to inspire them to do, and basically it's a hand holding all through bad markets and good markets, and we all know this from what has happened in 2022. But then again, much like both of you, I'm actually looking at 2023 very optimistically. Just look at how we close the market today. We're at about 6,950 plus, and and that's. A big thing knowing from where we were in September and December of last year. But you know, get any let me get through what, what brings that up. I mean, um, our, our very own finance secretary has said, you know, we have grown by seven and a half percent in 2022. Well, that is not yet official. When it comes from him, that gives you a bit of a confidence that the Philippines did very well in its economy, despite the turbulence and despite the economic downturns, the high interest rates, and the increasing uh, inflation that has beset our country based on you know, the developments of the world, the Russia-Ukraine war, the difficulty in supply chains and, and, and logistics and all that stuff. However, right now, it's almost like everyone's so focused about the positive things. No? Uh, the, the year is starting, again, very optimistically. And it's not just us. It's not just us. You know, last night, uh, the Dow Jones is up over 34,200. And, 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 and why is that? Why is it at that level? It was just below 30,000, um, you know, when, when, when this whole uh, debacle of the, of the war happened. And in fact, in the COVID-19 pandemic, at the onset of that pandemic in March of 2020, we saw the Dow Jones really plunge into the low 20,000s. So what's different now? They see a lot of news very positively today. I mean, the uh, CPI, uh, what they're looking at, would be at about 6.5% from 7.1% last month. If you remember last year, that hit a high of 8.1% to 8.3%. And right now, you know, it's almost like six straight months of plummeting. 
what does that mean? It, it doesn't mean that the Fed will stop increasing interest rates. It's just that the Fed would probably lower its propensity to increase interest rates. Probably we're not going to be seeing the 75 basis points, you know, the, the big moves. Probably we, we're going to look more uh, into the 50 basis points or even maybe 25 basis points until they're going to be stopping that, moving towards stabilization and again, a propensity of lowering rates sometime in the future because they need to. I mean, inflation has its way of, you know, hammering down the purchasing power of their money. However, increasing interest rates, which control inflation, will actually lower economic activity. There is fear in the U.S. of a recession. I guess for, for most pundits, that's a given. Uh, the only question is how deep that recession is. So if they're going to be slowing down on increasing rates, then there would be a good chance of that, you know, recession not to be avoided, but to somehow be manageable. But for the Philippines, it's a very different story. We've grown at seven and a half, and our very own finance secretary is saying we should be growing by six and a half this year. So if you're going to be looking at that, then that is going to be one of the best news that we're going to get in, you know, at the start of the year. And that's the reason why if you look at the charts today, and I'm sure Lawrence and Nikki will be dealing with this in a more, you know, comprehensive and detailed fashion. What I'm seeing, you know, generally is from that drop in December, it's almost like a very solid and consistent increase over the last quarter and the last month. However, as I see that, you know, a lot of people are very excited now, but, but you know, we, we tell a lot of people, we should have done something about it in September, something about it in August. That would have been a time to steadily accumulate. Now, maybe it's not too late, but we tell a lot of our friends, that's the concept that we'd like people to have. I mean, you control yourself. We cannot control markets. Now, again, Nikki and Lawrence, Abacus and my trade will have a better read. And that's the reason why I leave it up to them. Do you know that it is their research that I read? And I, the, those are the information that I will be using for managing my portfolio. However, I'm not going to dabble into it because they're better than me. So I'd rather read and synthesize what they're coming up with to manage my own portfolio. And that's what we're telling people. That's why we need to partner with very forward-looking and competent partners in the field of financial services. Because our job is to contain ourselves within strategic and more to manage ourselves. We spend to build up our portfolio to probably get ourselves into financial wellness, not just today, but also in the future. And again, to be able to do this, there has to be a lot of discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Now, the truth is, markets are still volatile. I mean, we're not saying that we are going to have this whole problem licked. And that's the reason why for the first half, I feel that the volatility will still be there. However, I think for the second half, solid fundamentals will show up. People will be more confident. And for that reason, I'm seeing the green sprout as early as now. Now, will we come in strongly when the dust settles. And I think that's the wrong to do.
thing to do is to get onto the market when there is euphoria and optimism. You know, this is a quote that I often, often unleash. It's a quote by Sir John Templeton, one of the pillars of the global mutual fund industry. And you know, that's why Ramper Financials is quite strong. However, you know, when, when, when I get a look at the way perception will be, the way perspectives are, Sir John Templeton said, bull markets are born on pessimism, they grow on skepticism, they mature on optimism, and they die on euphoria. Encapsulizing that and making it clear and simple, it's simply this. You just have to be ahead of the curve. You have to be ahead of the curve. You have to be bold and confident when people are not looking. You have to be bold and brave when are technically running away. It is when they become brave and it is when they become excited that you probably need to top slice and do other things in your portfolio because value might not be there. Value is more expensive than price. You find most value when prices are down. And when our price is down, it's when nobody's looking at the market. So basically, is it too late? I'm not saying that. It's quite early. You know, I ask a lot of people, do you believe that our market will hit its all-time high of 9,100 again? I think the answer is yes. The only question is, I think none of us will be able to predict when that will happen. I know it will happen. All of us will say it will happen, but we don't know when. So what's the thrust? The thrust is to accumulate and make sure that we're building up our portfolio because that time will come. And when that time comes, then all of our positions will be in the green. For so long as we follow, we invest in the companies that you know, our, our friends from Abacos, you know, our friends from the industry have researched well and given us pointers that we need to digest and follow through in the way we manage our portfolios. So I share with you investing must-dos in the times of growth and recovery. Again, this is not, you know, a doldrums part of the crisis anymore. I think we've tipped a little bit to the positive and people are now thinking of certain resistances i'm sure lawrence will be talking about this later and when those resistances are breached we're going to be looking at a very stronger recovery line for 2023 so while that is yet and about to happen we tell a lot of people keep your sights on your goals your goals have to be achieved no matter what's happening to the market what's happening to the market are situations that we have to take advantage of but the goal that you'd want to fulfill for yourselves and for your loved ones. They are there no matter what. So this is a game that you cannot come in and get out of. It's a continuous, methodical, and purposeful way of managing yourself and managing your money. We have to recognize time horizons and risk profile that matches us because we have to be in the long game. Again, we trade to make sure that we optimize. However, we invest to make sure that we're going to be fulfilling not just our own personal financial dreams, but the personal financial dreams of the people we love and the people who are special to us. Now that prices are moving up, again, we have to manage our emotions. You know, months ago, I was telling people, manage your emotions, don't panic. 
because of the way markets are dropping. Today, I'm asking them to manage their emotions and not to be overzealous, not to be overconfident, not to be too greedy. Because prices are going up now, the tendency is what? To chase prices. While sometimes values might not be there, there are companies where share prices are already going up, but the earnings are not yet following suit. I'm not saying it's all bad, but there are companies where it makes a lot of sense to, to, to buy at certain prices because they have potential for delivering on their results. So let us get our facts straight. Let us be well informed. And that's the reason why we partner or rapper partners with Abacus and MyTrade because, I mean, that, that research team is very strong. We get a lot of info from them, guys, on a daily basis. You know, in fact, you're going to be the one inundated in checking out what they can unleash. And, and probably there are times and days when I cannot read some of it anymore. But then it's the level of confidence that I'll have what I want to know at any point in time. You know, I call my good friend Jet Lazaro and even if it's between researches, he gets me aligned to Lawrence to check out at the very least his view of certain things. And that's the reason why being informed is being a step ahead. So we have to evaluate and review our portfolio regularly, the way we are moving, because not a lot of people do this. You know, sometimes we buy, we, we, we sell, we buy, we sell, and you don't know what your situation is. Is your portfolio still matched with the objectives you have? Is it the objective of cash flow? vis-a-vis -vis or against the objective of capital and appreci capital appreciation and growth. Which is which? It's just that you have to know where you stand so that when you execute, you are in a position to make sure that how you execute on your portfolio matches the objective that you have for it. And that's the reason why, you know, I, I tell people, again, back to basics, let's go to definitions. Portfolio management is the art and science of selecting and overseeing a group of investments that meet long-term financial objectives with the prescribed or within the prescribed risk tolerance of individuals, families, companies, and institutions. So it's very important that we manage portfolios to achieve goals within the risk tolerance that we've set for ourselves. And there's so many objectives of investment portfolio management. Unfortunately, everybody focuses on what? Maximizing returns. Maximizing returns. People don't check out portfolio efficiency or the right use of capital. Um, are we focused on the right amount of growth? Is there risk management? Is there enough flexibility so that if we move, we can move? Or are we putting a lot of it on what we call illiquid stocks so much so that once we need money, it will be very difficult to do so without losing, you know, a certain part of our position. So it's very important that we see portfolio management in that light. And in so doing, we'll have to review our asset allocation parameters. I mean, it's good that we're doing this at the start of the year. I'd want to be able to check out, you know, what's your asset class exposure? Are you exposed to different asset classes or just stocks? Are you managing risk and cash flows? How about market exposure? Are you only exposed to the Philippines? 
or have you diversified to get exposure in Asia through funds or even the US and Europe through managed funds or direct stock investing? However, you know, I tell a lot of people, we're kind of battered black and blue in the last few years, last two or three years. However, clearly, we have the fundamental strength. So on a personal basis, I don't know if Nikki and Lawrence will agree with me, but there is a call for me personally to backtrack and have more bets for the Philippines as against my bets for international markets. I'm not going to say I'll be out of international markets. I won't be. But my focus and attention will be on the Philippines because as far as I'm concerned, I'm a little bit more confident of what's happening here. But I will still be selective in terms of the industries and the sectors I'll be exposed to because there are companies and industries that will do well in times of high inflation, in times of increasing interest rates, the realities that we see. So it's not a bet on the entire country, on all the companies. I will have to be very selective in terms of both the micro and the macro side of that particular analysis. Lastly, currency exposure. You know that somehow after hitting around like almost 60, you know, the, the peso has strengthened quite a bit. So I'm not going to say that risk has actually disappeared. It can still be there. However, it is not as, you know, defining as it has been in the last quarter of the year. And that's the reason why I'm going to be a bit slow on that kind of growth in terms of X peso part of my portfolio. Lastly, I will go for growth, but this time very intelligently because the markets are going up. When the markets are going up and people are chasing prices, there might be difficulty in finding real value. So I will go for companies with low debt, good cash flows, and very strong balance sheets. Good debt, you know, basically not the kind of exposure that doesn't generate revenue. Low levels of debt, but if there is debt, that debt is connected to an expansion that has increased their cash flows. That is that connection. Good cash flows is okay even if you have, no, sorry, debt is fine if you've used that to expand and grow if you have the right level of cash flows. And as I've said, strong balance sheets to make sure that whatever happens, even if there is a recovery and there's a downturn once again, you know that your bet on companies will be only on those ones that can withstand the pressures. Overall, when I say portfolio management, I go beyond stocks. That's the reason why on fixed income, I'm going to be telling many of you to increase the duration or tenors of your fixed income portfolio. I, I'm seeing long-term rates to actually taper off, stabilize and taper off. And that's the reason why it might be a good time now to lock some of these positions for future cash flows. Because if you're going to be very short term, then when interest rates get back and become lower again, you will unfortunately lose a big, big chunk of the money that you should be getting on a regular basis if you lock yourself with longer tenors. And again, the purchase of real estate assets that create cash flows can also be a good move. You have to expand your holdings of dividend stocks. Okay, REITs can be good now. When rates go lower, 
you will see REITs again performing very well. And since the yields are very good, we're looking at anywhere from 6 to 9% in the REITs space in the Philippines. Maybe you can choose strong REITs from your portfolio. I know Abacus and MyTrade have been like really pushing for C REIT because of its 100% occupancy, uh, it, its uh, share of probably you know future revenues of the power company that actually rents the land. So there, there are a lot of details, but again, I leave it to them because uh, they are really very focused on the way they do their research. And lastly, obvious, we'll have to augment our earning potential. There is nothing to invest if we don't have disposable income. So we have to increase our you know, earnings proposition so that when we spend more because of inflation as well, we have something left to be able to grow our portfolio. It is easier to invest for cash flow during a financial crisis. Robert Kiyosaki says, do not waste a good crisis by hiding your head in the sand. The longer the crisis lasts, the richer some people will become. You know, I, I have a very short time to be with you today. But, you know, again, it's an honor and a privilege that Abacus and MyTrade uh, have invited me to be here. But I invite all of you to uh, follow us, Rambler Financials, in all of our social media platforms, YouTube, uh, Facebook. We're also in TikTok, although I, I really don't dance. I just get into snippets of financial information as well. Um, again, uh, I end all of my presentations with this because it's very, very important. Money is a tool, it's not an end. So we have to realize that what we do, we do for the people we love. If it's just for us, maybe many of us can actually rest. But because we want the very best for people who are special in our lives, we have to optimize and we have to invest, not just for today's wellness, but for the future financial wellness of an enjoyable life journey that can be real for all of us and for all the people will serve. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for the opportunity. My trade in Abacus. Maraming maraming salamat po and good afternoon. Thank you so much, Sir Rex, for the insights that you've shared with us. I was actually taking notes. Uh, hindi enough po yung mga post-it ko, Sir Rex. And dami kong na-pick up. Pero I think for some of us, ang pinaka nag-strike sa akin, Sir Rex, is when you said, value is more expensive than price. Kasi this applies for most stocks, but also for other things in life. So you're the one who puts value into what you're actually acquiring, Niba, sir. Uh, but I'm sure uh, there are some of our audiences here who also want to ask like their own personal questions sa inyo, Sir Rex. Is it okay if we choose like the top three questions lang, sir, for you to answer live uh, in this session? Sure. Would that be fine, sir? Sure, Kathis. I'll, I'll appreciate Rex. that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I'll... Uh, ask the help from our team also to pick up the questions. But for the meantime, I'd like to say hi kay Sir Eric Menor. <laughs> shout out now. He said hi, Sir Eric. Thank you. Thank you for helping us with this one. Uh, all right. Let's just wait for some of the questions from the team, sir. I actually have here from uh, Lou, Mar Lou Marquez. Um, she said, uh, is it 
best time to invest in bonds given the high inflation rate which greatly affects uh especially bonds uh for, for me for me Cadiz, I'm I'm not yet going to be focusing on bonds because as I've said maybe we really have to need to wait for inflation and interest rates to really taper off while it's really slowing down we're not really so sure that you know we've ended that curve and that's really a turnaround um maybe it's slowing down but it's not yet stopping and and you know if you put your money in bonds very early and rates continue to go up and inflation still lingers you can lose money you can actually lose money because increasing interest rates definitely erase premiums on bonds and even make them trade at a discount so in this situation i'd rather stay with stocks predominantly i'm not gonna say i won't have involvement in bonds because quite frankly i have a big portfolio right but i guess majority of my money will have to go for stocks this time all right thank you for that sir rex i have a question here from uh aaron ranke uh just a moment Oops, okay let me just pull up uh, there aaron ranke's question he said given what was said when is a good time to sell or take profits especially for us beginners okay for me i i don't exactly sell just to take profits there has to be a reason why i sell uh, and, and for that reason, I, I get to ask certain questions. Number one, is there anything that would have changed for this company? For, for me to sell a share that I bought, you know, I bought this company share because I believe in it. I believe in the growth rate. I believe in the way it's going to perform, not just for this year, but for the years to come. Now, if I all of a sudden hit 25% income, a lot of people get tempted to sell it. So... I'm going to ask myself first, is there a change in that company? What if the reason why it's going 25% is because it's reporting new loads of great news that it's going to be, you know, smashing all of its previous records in earnings? Then I'll probably stay, right? I'm not going to leave just because I'm up 25%. However, if I feel that, you know, it's overdone, there is really no great story behind it and people are just chasing prices i might opt to what i can call top slicing i'm not gonna sell everything but i'm going to be selling a portion to move to stocks which has better value because remember you have to ask yourself if i'm selling this stock where will i put it you know a lot of people do this they sell a stock and they spend the money Wala na, di ba? Nabawasan na yung investment portfolio mo. that's not the way to do it but when you sell you ask yourself where will you put this money now is it in another stock that has more promise and value then if that's the answer then i say yes top slice and move but if that company is actually reporting better earnings even if it's up 25 percent i'll stay with it and that's why I follow the research. I follow the information. You don't sell just because you hit a certain number. That number is arbitrarily set. There might have been changes in the way companies perform that you should follow and take note of. 
Thank you, Sir Rex. I'm writing it down, Sir. Yeah. <laughs> you don't sell just because you hit a certain number. There should be a reason when you do your selling. All right. Uh, sir, this is the final question that we have for you for today. We want to ask you more questions, but uh, this is all we have time for. Um, but it, I think this is a good question, very practical for those who are beginners. Uh, in the market, especially now, it's a good time to start. Uh, LBR2 asks, Sir Rex, ano ang percentage distribution ninyo ng basket? Stocks, bonds, derivatives, cash? Okay. Um, Kadis, yan yung mga delikadong tanong na sagutin. Di ba? Kasi, you know, <laughs> let, me, let me explain that. And why, you know? If I answer you how I do it, then I will be doing you great disservice because we're not the same, right? We're not the same. And that's the reason why in Ramper, we tell our clients, you know, get in touch with us. We will have people to talk to you regarding financial planning, regarding how to, you know, advise you because we have to know your situation, not ours. There are rules of thumb, you know, let me be fair. For beginners, there are rules of thumb. They say 10% has to be in cash for emergency funds. Um, 25% should be in, you know, growth yet liquid uh, instruments like mutual funds, you know, bonds, you know, stuff like that. 25% can be in, in in stocks and maybe another 25% will be in businesses and maybe real estate. Now, the remaining 5% can be in other stuff like jewelry, other assets of value. You know, as I say that, it's rule of thumb, you know, in my case, I cannot have 10% in cash. Kasi malaking-malaking portfolio ko. Pag yung 10% tinabi ko, nilagay ko sa banko, natutulog yun, malaki yun, kasi malaki na yung portfolio ko. So, it's not applicable for me. Now, if you're a beginner, if you're a beginner, and maliit pa yung base mo, that's also dangerous to put only 10% in fix. Baka mamaya yung 10% mo is less than your monthly income. So, anong mangyayari? You know, when, when you hit an emergency... You have to divest in your funds and your stocks and you will lose money. So again, all of these things major may tailor fitting ito kadisin. That's the reason why we tell a lot of people, let us know you first. We'll ask you a few questions and then we will recommend. That's why we tell them, you know, follow us. We have social media channels. There has to be a one-on-one -on -one discussion. Pagdating ng stock, syempre, ilalagay natin kay MyTrade yan. Syempre, magte-trade tayo kay MyTrade. But... You know, you don't have to put, you know, the hook, line, and sinker with one asset class because it's going to be very dangerous for you, right? Nakakatakot because especially the young guys got this right now. I'm, I'm really worried and we see things happening. Di ba yung mga bata last year, two years ago, everybody was in crypto, right? Everybody was in crypto. Di ba sakit noon when the crypto market came down and yeah. everything was what? Minus 90%. Oh, your future was hedged on an asset class that was very volatile, that was very risky. Let's be careful about that. So again, these conversations have to be done. Reach out for us. Look for us. You know, Rex Mendoza, Ramber Financials. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful, Cadiz, that you're giving us this opportunity. But, you know, we, we, we cannot generalize it. Delicado po. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sir Rex. I really admire the way you answered the question. It's very transparent, sir, and at least um, applicable also for most of us. So, you're encouraging us to get to know ourselves first 
before we try to do our own thing and to and tailor fit a, a program for us. Of course, it will help if there's somebody like Terex or uh, people from Ramper to guide us in how do we actually properly manage our portfolios. No? Uh, but thank you, sir, for recommending them to uh, trade their stocks with us here at MyTrade. It's really good to have you here, Sir Rex. Uh, we hope to get to see you again. <laughs> thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Kadis. Really an honor and a privilege. Salamat. Thank you, Sir Rex.